quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is CNN Breaking News. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Pamela Brown and for Jake Tapper, and we begin with big breaking news. Any minute now, we will see a history-making moment. Joe Biden and his new running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, together for their first joint campaign event in Wilmington, Delaware, effectively launching the 2020 Democratic ticket. Their spouses, Jill Biden and Doug Emhoff, are also expected to be there. And it comes as we learn Biden long believed Harris was the strongest choice for the job, sources tell CNN. Biden publicly acknowledged the close friendship that Harris had with his late son, Beau, that helped guide his decision. And Harris, one source says, spoke at length about their friendship in her interview with Biden's search committee. I want to bring in CNN's Jeff Zeleny. And Jeff, as we wait for this event to begin, you're learning more about that intense 10 days before Biden made his final decision on Senator Harris as his running mate. Pamela, we are, and it's clear that uh, California Senator Kamala Harris was anticipated and viewed by most Democrats inside and outside the process as the person to beat, essentially, in this. is the one going into this competition, if you will, this vice presidential search with the most experience, the national campaign experience, someone who had legislative experience, of course, had uh, executive experience as the attorney general. But it was clear that aides to the former vice president wanted to give him a series of options. So we are told, my colleagues, MJ Lee and Dan Merrick and I are told that behind the scenes of this, the last 10 days of this uh, search certainly were very interesting. The former vice president met face to face or in most cases through a remote connection with all 11 candidates uh, holding essentially interviews, job interviews for their vision of the job and what they would do in the job. But it was Senator Harris who was near the beginning of the list who had to sit there through, you know, about 10 days or so when she finally got the call yesterday. She was, uh, you know, feeling good about this because she did have that relationship with Beau Biden. There was no one who was closer to the former vice president than his late son, Beau Biden. And she worked as California attorney general. Of course, he was the Delaware attorney general. And it was that that they discussed during their interview. But it was also perhaps more importantly, Pamela, her experience on the campaign trail. The fact that, uh, you know, she had been attested in a presidential campaign. She didn't win. In fact, she dropped out before the voting began. But so did Joe Biden back in 2007. He dropped out after the first contest of Iowa. So he was uh, she was tested in that respect. And that was impressive and important to Joe Biden. And you're also learning, Jeff, about Biden's speech, what he's going to say coming up shortly, and that he will note the tragic events in Charlottesville three years ago today. It is uh, exactly this uh, third anniversary of the Charlottesville attack. Of course, it had killed Heather Heyer in that white supremacy attack, with, which led the president to say there are fine people on both sides, which, of course, uh, Joe Biden has talked about repeatedly. In fact, in his announcement video back in 2019, when he said this is what uh, you know urged him, propelled him to run for president, it was to, as he says, restore the soul of the nation. So that is what we were told is going to be a front and center in this uh, speech as they present themselves for the first time. But Pamela, we can see there, as we see from the pictures, this is going to be the first Democratic 
a campaign event uh, that we've really seen in five months or so. The last time we saw Joe Biden in a public event with Senator Harris was actually on the eve of the Michigan primary. They hugged one another. Of course, that will not happen today, we do not believe. So this is the introduction of this new Democratic ticket, and it's coming one week before Senator Harris will be introducing herself to the nation when she accepts the nomination one week from tonight in that virtual convention. It was scheduled to be in Milwaukee, but of course it's going to be held virtually. So between now and then, I'm told she's getting up to speed on issues. She has Secret Service protection, and she is going to be working with the Biden campaign to join this campaign already in progress. So this is just the beginning of their debut here. Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone is watching this, including President Trump. Absolutely. It is a history-making moment, as we've discussed. Jeff Zeleny, thank you so much for that. And I want to bring in CNN's Dana Bash, Nia Malika Henderson, and David Shalley. And great to see you three. Uh, Dana, first, you, you know, we were just looking at that, that empty gymnasium with the two microphones standing there. And you're looking at this thinking, in normal times, there would be a large crowd eagerly awaiting uh, the, the ticket, the candidates. And, and that's not the case today. It's going to be very different. Different. Um, what do you expect and what do they need to project today amid these COVID era obstacles? Well, first of all, they need to project confidence, uh, confidence in the uh, ability to lead, which has been uh, Joe Biden's whole calling card throughout this entire campaign, particularly since the pandemic broke. Uh, and also they need to project that they uh, ha have some kind of chemistry, which is not easy to do mm -hmm. when you have to so be socially distant. Um, but I have to say, just looking at that, and I'm sure Nia and David and you also, Pam, uh, agree, it's just it's such a sign of the times. I know mm -hmm. it's maybe stating the obvious, but I am just going back in my mind to, for example, standing in a very, very large, very packed, very sweaty, um, you know, auditorium with John McCain as he brought out Sarah Palin for the first time, August 29th, 2008, and the electricity in the room, and mm -hmm. certainly in the days afterwards, for her, for the ticket, for a number of reasons, um, was was real and it was palpable. And you just can't, you can't have that in the time of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to find it different ways, which they have been trying to do on social media, the video that they put out today. Uh, but to be able to project that in, in, a, in a situation like we're seeing them preparing to be in right now is just, is just so, so different. Yeah, it's history making in more ways yes. than one, I would say. And um, Nia, on that note, you know, seeing the two of them campaign together, uh, we're going to see them today, but it's not something realistically we're going to see a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, you know, if we weren't in these COVID times, they'd be surrounded by supporters right now. We'd, we'd see them out in the trail together. The question is, can they still gin up that excitement and that momentum and that electricity um, w without the, the supporters surrounding them? You know, they're going to have to do it in different ways. And, and Dana touched on this a bit. Uh, this is a team, at least Kamala Harris, I think, very much understands uh, the media in this moment and social uh, media and how to go viral. Uh, if you look at the ways in which people started to understand her, uh, it was through those moments she created when she was mm -hmm. cross-examining mm -hmm. cabinet officials. And so she's going to have to find ways uh, to do 
do that, and you saw them with that introductory uh, video with Joe Biden calling her on Zoom, and so that was a little, I, I think, preview of what the, the kind of videos uh, they're going to have to try to create here, something uh, that's new and different, kind of insidery. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's completely staged and scripted, uh, but those are the kind of moments I think they're going to have to try to create. You're not going to see the electricity. Uh, Dan, I, I talked about the Sarah Palin and John McCain moment. I was thinking of, of 2008 in Springfield, uh, Illinois, mm-hmm. the the Obama, uh, Joe Biden moment when Joe Biden runs out mm-hmm. on the stage uh, when he, it's announced that he will be Barack Obama's uh, vice president. I mean, the thing about these tickets is you do have these moments where they're together and you want to see uh, the, the story of this uh, candidacy. And, and Dana talked about leadership and showing confidence and showing chemistry. Uh, but then really they go their separate ways, right? They're supposed to be uh, the vice president kind of force multipliers, right? To go places, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the, 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 the top person can't go. And, and, and so that's what they do. So they'll go their separate ways, talk to uh, different people in, in different ways. But yeah, I mean, this is like something we've never seen before. Uh, and they're going to have to kind of make it up as they go along. The big moments will be next week with these speeches. Uh, and then for Kamala Harris, uh, the next big moment, of course, will be that debate uh, that she'll have with uh, with Vice President Pence. Of course. And David, you know, as, as we report out what led to this pick, sources are telling CNN that Biden chose Harris because she was a common sense pick. Uh, she was seen as someone who would do no harm. And his allies also saw her as a symbol of change. What do you think she brings to the ticket? And how is her relationship with Biden being framed right now? Well, I think the way you're going to see the relationship framed off the top here is Joe Biden's confidence in her to take over as president at a moment's notice on day one if that needed uh, to be the case. That, as you know, that's sort of the job description of vice president above all else. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they are definitely want to frame this choice by boosting up that confidence that Kamala Harris fits that bill above all else. But uh, to your point about the a change agent. I mean, Joe Biden himself, Pam, has talked about being a transitional figure. He understands he's 77 years old. He'll be 78 when Election Day comes. And uh, Kamala Harris is of the next generation of Democratic uh, leadership. And there's no doubt uh, that that weighed as a part of the consideration in in choosing who to put on the ticket with him. What does that next generation of Democratic leadership look like in America. And uh, that is part of of sort of the seal of approval uh, Mm -hmm. that Joe Biden, as the head of the party now, uh, put onto Kamala Harris by announcing her as his running mate. And, you know, another key uh, factor in all of this is, of course, Joe Biden's son, Mm Beau, his late son, Beau. And I want to play this clip of of how Senator Harris describes Joe Biden and their first campaign video released today. America is in crisis, and I know Joe Biden will lead us out of it. He's a man of faith, decency, and character. He raised his family that way. I saw it firsthand with my good friend, Bo. Of course, the two of them were attorneys general together, Nia. Um, they did have a, a friendship. It's clear that, that Bo played a key role with, with Harris being the pick. That's right. Uh, Joe Biden uh, talks about uh, Bo Biden 
uh, in glowing ways. A son he obviously lost uh, very recently and, and, and tragically on top of, of the losses in his family uh, years ago of, of his wife uh, and another child. And he talks about uh, the ways in which uh, Bo talked about Kamala Harris and liked Kamala Harris uh, and, and the ways in which he admired uh, Bo Biden, his son, and, and took him at his word when he talked about uh, Kamala Harris in, in the way that he did and, and talked about their friendship. Uh, and that was very important to him uh, in terms of thinking about Kamala Harris uh, as a partner. So that ended up being uh, very uh, key to one of the things he, he did here, which was to pick her, uh, which was to trust her, which to see her as a loyal partner and above all else, as David Chalian talked about, as someone who could be president. All right. Well, we are standing by for the first joint event with Joe Biden and his new running mate, Kamala Harris. We will bring that to you live. Plus, in making his VP pick, Joe Biden credited his late son Bo's friendship with Harris, as we were just discussing. And up next, I'm going to talk to an attorney general who knew them both. We are standing by uh, for the first time. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will appear together as running mates. We're going to bring that to you live once it starts there in that gymnasium in Delaware. And meantime, President Trump is not wasting time before attacking Senator Harris, reverting to sexist uh, and stereotypes, calling her nasty, mean, disrespectful and phony. But as CNN's Jeremy Diamond reports, Harris was the one candidate that several Trump campaign advisors said they did not want, according to two sources familiar with the discussions. Today, Thank President Trump much. and his campaign fumbling for a response to Senator Kamala Harris joining the Democratic ticket. She was my number one draft pick. Several Trump campaign advisors telling CNN Harris was actually the one candidate they hoped Biden would not pick, preferring former National Security Advisor Susan Rice or Congresswoman Karen Bass, both more controversial. One source close to the Trump campaign telling CNN Harris is, quote, formidable and will inject much-needed energy into Biden's campaign. Advisors are also concerned about how Trump's attacks on Harris will play. She was very, very nasty. She was very disrespectful to Joe Biden. And I thought she was the meanest, uh, the, the most horrible, most disrespectful of anybody in the U.S. Senate. Those attacks play into racist and sexist stereotypes about black women. And polls suggest Trump risks alienating suburban voters turned off by his racist and sexist rhetoric. But Trump appears to be going for broke on that strategy, insisting the, quote, suburban housewife will vote for me because I ended the long-running program where low-income housing would invade their neighborhood, referring to his repeal of a rule aimed at combating segregation in housing. The president's campaign is also making race-based appeals. Joe Biden's campaign staffers are donating to a group that's bailing out rioters in Minneapolis. Using mugshots of four black people released on bail in an attempt to tie Joe Biden to crime. The Post channeling the racist 1988 Willie Horton campaign ad run by supporters of then-Vice President George H.W. Bush. Meanwhile, the Trump campaign is struggling to paint Harris as a radical, unsure whether to hit her as too soft on crime. A lot of security moms that are all across this nation who are going to say, you know, I don't want someone who says that they are not going to be tough on hardened criminals. Or too tough.
And Pam, the president and his campaign are now trying to brand Kamala Harris as a as part of the radical left. But the president and his daughter Ivanka actually donated a total of ten thousand dollars to uh, then uh, to, to Kamala Harris's campaign for California Attorney General between 2011 and 2014. Uh, the Trump uh, Trump campaign senior advisor Katrina Pearson responded by noting that the president has donated to candidates on both sides of the aisle as a businessman, but that by that time he had mostly stopped donating uh, to Democrats. And Pearson also claimed that the president's donations were evidence that he's not a racist. Pam. All right, Jeremy Diamond, thanks so much for the latest there. And we've just learned that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have left Biden's home in Delaware. Uh, you can see the motorcade departing there, or at least you could see the motorcade departing, heading to the event site near where, there it is, right there, um, to the site nearby uh, where for the first time they will speak together as running mates, history, when Biden announced his pick, Biden reveals he chose Senator Harris because she'd be ready to lead on day one. But Biden also said there was no one's opinion he valued more than his late son, Beau, who died in 2015 from brain cancer. The younger Biden and Harris worked together closely during the foreclosure crisis in 2011. And she wrote in her memoir, there were periods when I was taking heat that Bo and I talked every day, sometimes multiple times a day, we had each other's backs. Joining me now is Massachusetts Attorney General Mara Healy uh, to really help help us understand and illuminate this relationship that the two had. You worked with both Bo and Senator Harris when they were attorneys general. What can you tell us about them, Mara? It's a special relationship, Pam. I mean, when you're working as a state attorney general, you're really out there in the big fights, fighting for people, fighting for the most vulnerable in our communities. And that's what Kamala and Bo did, um, standing up to the big banks and Wall Street it came to the foreclosure and subprime mortgage uh, crisis, fighting for health care, protecting students taken advantage of by predatory lenders. You know, these are the fights and the experiences that they bonded over, that we bond over as state attorneys general. And, you know, it's no surprise to me that uh, Joe Biden has a fondness for Kamala Harris based on that really strong relationship with Bo. Um, they were both people of uh, tremendous empathy. Bo was a person of tremendous uh, empathy. Everyone liked him. And the same would be said of Kamala. And it's not surprising to me she has performed so well in the Senate. Um, taking that ability to fight, taking that ability to advocate and make a case to really make change and powerful change uh, now, of course, on the national stage. She'll be ready to lead. And we're going to see her momentarily uh, with Joe Biden in that gymnasium in Delaware. Uh, but before we go there, I, I just want to get more on the relationship she had with Bo, because after the primary debate, when Harris, as you know, went after Biden's record on mandated busing to promote school desegregation, both Joe and Jill Biden cited Harris, Harris's friendship with Bo as the key reason that they, they felt blindsided by what they viewed as an attack. And yet on the fourth anniversary of Bo's death, after the debate, Senator Harris took to Twitter uh, to write, at Joe Biden, at Dr. Biden, and the entire Biden family today, Bo Biden was my friend. We were AGs together. And you couldn't find a person who cared more deeply for his family, the nation he served, and the state of Delaware. Four years after his passing, I still miss him. So clearly, there was a fondness there uh, that, that Senator Harris had for Bo. 
absolutely. I mean, they worked very closely together, and as she wrote, they communicated regularly together. And you can't help but but really develop these friendships as they did when you're fighting over really, really important issues. And, you know, that's why uh, the closeness is there. And that's why, you know, I'm so happy. I think all of us in the AG community, particularly the Democratic AG community, are so proud and so pleased to see the Biden-Harris ticket. We know what that represents. We know the values they'll stand for. And we can't get, get uh, can't wait uh, to get started in supporting this terrific ticket in the weeks ahead. All right, Attorney General Mara Healy, thank you so much. Oh, it's great to be with you. And any moment now, the big event, Joe Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris, speaking in Delaware. We're going to bring it to you live. Stay with us. Waiting for a major moment in the 2020 campaign, Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris about to speak together in Delaware for the first time. I want to bring in CNN's MJ Lee, who also covers the Biden campaign. And MJ, any minute now, we will get the first actual visual of Joe Biden with Senator Harris, the first black and South Asian woman on a major party ticket. That's right, Pam. And, you know, we've been speaking over the last 24 hours about just how historic it is that the person Joe Biden ended up choosing in the end is, as you said, the first black and South Asian person to be the VP nominee on a major ticket. Uh, but, you know, the fact that we are going to get that visual uh, of her standing there uh, and uh, after the announcement has been made as the VP nominee, that is going to be an incredibly sort of powerful and striking visual for everyone. And I have to tell you, you know, having covered female candidates in the past, you know, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren in the 2020 race, it really matters to the women and girls who are watching uh, whoever is behind the podium feeling like uh, they are sort of reflected in the person mm -hmm. that is taking the stage, right? So I can guarantee you that there are going to be so many uh, people who are black, women who are black, and women who are South Asian or Asian American uh, sort of seeing this moment of her walking out uh, to the front of that room with Joe Biden as his uh, chosen running mate and feeling like, OK, I see myself reflected in uh, this person in a powerful position uh, in a way that I never have before. And I mm -hmm. think that is just going to be, again, an, an incredibly striking moment and a visual for so many people who are watching. Absolutely. And, and as we've been talking about, you know, this is going to be very different in terms of it being in the COVID era and those supporters that, you know, that you mentioned, people who would look up to her. They can't be there in person because of COVID, but it will still be a remarkable moment, a historic making moment and a striking visual. Thank you so much, MJ Lee. And on that note, I want to bring in CNN's Dana Bash, Laura Borger and Abby Phillip, along with former senior advisor to President Obama, David Axelrod. And I want to start with you here, Abby, um, as we await the two of them to make their first appearance as Democratic running mates. Um, I want to talk about the age factor at play here because Senator Harris is 55 years old. If she's elected, she'll be the only member of the senior Democratic leadership in the White House or Congress under the age of 70. Hmm. So this really could be her chance to lead the next generation of the party. Yeah, what an incredible statistic. I mean, Washington is so, um, you know, far from, I think, 
what seems to be this whole sort of new generation of uh, many generations of younger people who are rising up into political power uh, at the local and state level who are activists out in the streets. And that could very well be where Kamala Harris could try to be a bit of a bridge between uh, those uh, th those two kind of factions of uh, generational factions, if you will. I, I do think it's critically important that she is someone of a younger generation than Biden because he knows that he is not going to be around forever and that mm -hmm. this is not going to be uh, his Democratic Party to lead into the future. He's really passing the baton, acting himself as a bridge uh, to his uh, running mate who is likely to take that baton from him sooner rather than later. It could be within four years if he is elected um, as president in November. So it, it's rare that we have these moments where I think everybody is very openly talking about what is next, mm -hmm. even before you've had the election in which someone might be elected. Uh, and and I think at this moment in this country's history, when you see so many young people becoming activists in the, cl the uh, climate change movement and the social justice movement, I do think that um, having someone who can speak to those people is going to be important for uh, the next Democratic administration, because young people are such a critical part of the Democratic Party, and they do not want to be ignored. It's interesting because our, our, the sources uh, close to, to Biden have said that on one hand, she was seen as, as a positive change, you know, someone who would reflect positive change. But on the other hand, she was seen as a safe choice. And we're already seeing, Dana, the relationship, um, the framing of the relationship playing, um, playing out right now. You know, mm -hmm. Biden was taken aback, as we know, when Harris rebuked him in the first debate because of the friendship that she had uh, with his late son, Beau. Mm -hmm. um, she apparently according to Politico, was not apologetic during her screening interview. But yet Biden chose her anyway. And Democrats are pointing to that as a major difference between Biden and Trump. And it's something that Donald Trump walked right into when he spoke uh, last night at, at the White House podium uh, by saying, how could you possibly pick someone as nasty, the word that he likes to use about, about women, um, as, as, as Kamala Harris, I would never do that, uh, which was exactly the point that uh, Joe Biden and his campaign were already intending to make as a way to bolster the, the, the character and leadership traits that they have been pushing and they have been uh, framing around Joe Biden since the beginning of his campaign. Um, you know, look, it, it is not as if we haven't seen rivals get together. Um, I mean, Everybody on this panel is too young to remember, uh, including David Axelrod, but JFK and LBJ, uh, even Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. I mean, it happens throughout history uh, that you get together to, to, to team up despite having uh, really, really intense uh, debates and, and adversarial relationships. And by those standards, this isn't even that bad. Uh, and the point in this first event that we're going to see together is to try to erase that as quickly as possible. And I want to listen to Congressman Jim Clyburn, uh, who what he had to say, because he's largely credited with helping turn the Biden campaign around after that endorsement held Biden carry South Carolina. Let's listen to his thoughts on Senator Harris. She knows what it is uh, to be uh, different or to be the other. And bringing that in uh, with the success that she's had breaking uh, through in areas uh, that no woman had broken into before. I think all of that gives Joe Biden 
the kind of um, aura around his campaign that will endear him to the vast majority of the American people. And Gloria, there are even Republicans publicly saying today, it's time for Harris to get this opportunity. A woman like Harris. Well, I, you know, Kamala Harris has friends in the Senate. She is a woman of consequence. And um, she's very hard to swat at. I mean, just look at Donald Trump, Pamela. Donald Trump, she has brought out the worst in him. As Dana was pointing out, he couldn't think of anything else to say about her at first, except that she was nasty. And then now he's reverted back to his racist and sexist tropes uh, in, in order to kind of counter her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that doesn't work. And it doesn't work for a lot of Republicans who are worried about suburban voters, suburban women, and not suburban housewives, as the president called mm-hmm. them. So I think, you know, she is she is somebody that is is not very easy to characterize. The campaign itself and the president have had a very difficult time because on the one hand they say, oh, she's a California radical. On the other hand, they're saying, oh, liberals are revolting against the pick. Well, which is it? Yeah, which is it? I mean, the campaign and and Trump have been really scattershot uh, in terms of how they've handled Mm -hmm. the messaging after she was selected. So it's been really interesting to see that play out. But it's also, you know, you have to think in Biden picking Harris, is this also a way for him to try to bring in some of those voters that may be turned off um, by uh, President Trump? And also, you know, the, the need to get in progressive voters. The question in David Oxel- the question is, David Axelrod, will she be able to, to attract those voters as well, those more progressive voters? No, I think that, 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 that she certainly will. And look, one of the things that happened during this period, not just the pandemic, but the aftermath of the George Floyd uh, murder, has created a new... Uh, uh, period of of public awakening and awareness on issues of race. And um, I think for those suburban voters, uh, she is an extraordinarily strong uh, candidate. They're looking for reconciliation. They're looking for movement forward. And she is a great antithesis to the kind of racial antagonism that, that President Trump, frankly, feeds off of. The other thing, Pam, I just wanted to say, I'm just so fascinated by this because I was in the small group that onboarded Joe Biden mm-hmm, as a, as a exactly. vice presidential candidate. And, and the, you know, this is not an easy thing. You have a woman in, in, uh, in uh, Kamala Harris who ran for president for a year. She had her own message, her own team, her own approach. And now uh, she is essentially a, an adjunct to uh, the presidential campaign and she needs to this is like a merger mm-hmm. and she needs to learn a new message uh, you know she needs to adjust to a new organization they will send staff as we know uh, already reported to staff her campaign many of whom she didn't know uh, before and so it is not these are shotgun kind of weddings these are mm-hmm. not comfortable and so how that comes off and how they appear not just when they speak but when they do interviews together and how they speak about each other during interviews Mm -hmm. uh, all of this needs to evolve it's really a process uh, but uh, certainly uh, this is an important point of uh, departure here when they appear together for the first time and the words they use which I guarantee the Biden campaign has looked over carefully Mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah it's a, it's a real adjustment. They know I that think, everyone's going to be you know, sizing them up, right, Gloria? 
Yeah, and I, I think David raises a really important point here, which is that Kamala Harris now works for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And when Joe Biden accepted the vice presidency, David knows this much better than anyone, he was a little skeptical about it because he was used to being his own boss, Senate Judiciary yep. Committee, et cetera, et cetera. She was used to being her own boss. Now she is not. And it's not easy to go from being the top dog and the person who used to run for president to being the number two and saying, okay, this is your message, this is your campaign, this is your staff that you've hired, and I will do whatever you want me to do. It's not an easy transition. Mm. All right, well, we will see them any moment. Joe Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris, they're gonna be speaking together there in that gymnasium in Delaware. We are going to squeeze in a quick break. Stay with us. Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris are about to speak together in Delaware for the first time. The event will begin any moment. I should say the first time as uh, running mates on the Democratic ticket. I want to bring in a scene of Jeff Zeleny. He is back with us. And this is the the effective launch of the ticket, Jeff. But what might look like, um, you know, what might it look like? What can we expect in this age of coronavirus? It's going to be very different from uh, similar rollouts in the past. Pamela, there is no question about it. This essentially is going to, is, has become the pandemic election, and this is not going to be similar in terms of what we've seen in the past. If this was a traditional rollout, it would not be held in a gymnasium, most likely. It would be outside. There would be all the families there. There would be hugging. There would be you know, a large crowd, first and foremost. So this is definitely a different moment, particularly on the Democratic side. One thing the Biden campaign and the former vice president himself has been trying to uh, show that he is taking this um, the pandemic in a much more uh, serious fashion than some would say that uh, the president and vice president have been doing. So this is going to be different in every respect. We can see the podium there and there is a stool right behind. So they are going to, we believe, share that podium, but they are not going to be, um, you know, essentially as close as before. But Pamela, more interesting going forward here as the uh, campaign moves along, I am told that uh, Senator Harris, the anticipation is for her to visit swing states. It is for her to be out campaigning as much as she can, probably more so than Joe Biden. We've seen a similar thing on the Republican side. Vice President Mike Pence travels extensively, usually official visits, but also mixing political visits in as well. And President Trump has not traveled nearly as much. But this is very much a you know, sort of a day-by-day, week-by-week situation. But Pamela, I'm thinking back to 12 years ago when uh, then-Senator Biden and Senator Obama were in Springfield, Illinois, as David Axelrod and others remember very well. A crowd of thousands were there. It was the same place that uh, Senator Obama launched his candidacy. So this is different in every respect from mm -hmm. that. But this campaign is different in every respect. But we also know, Pamela, today, as we've talked about, the third anniversary of the Charlottesville attack. And this is something that uh, both speakers today, Biden and and Harris are going to dwell on extensively, I'm told. And um, we, we know they're delayed right now. It was supposed right. to start earlier. And I'm just hearing in my ear that there was a, a there's an issue with the power outage at the school. Is that what is behind the delay? It, it, it certainly could be one of the reasons behind the, the delay. But we also know that Biden campaign events often are late. Uh, right. They, were throughout the primary campaign, so there's no reason to think they wouldn't be now. Uh, but uh, we don't know the exact reason uh, for the the delay of this. We do know that Senator Harris has been in uh, Wilmington, you know, for several hours, and mm -hmm. she has a lot of work to do. Uh, her campaign, uh, the Biden campaign, has been bringing her into the fold here. So we do expect this uh, momentarily, but again, not probably the best 
uh, rollout uh, look that they had planned. Yesterday's yeah. announcement was choreographed uh, perfectly. It didn't uh, leak out at all. Today's probably not quite as well. We also know tonight there's a fundraiser, a virtual fundraiser, that it will be the first two times, or the first time that both of them are together for a fundraiser as well. And of course, that is a big part of the job for Senator Harris going forward, mm -hmm. helping this ticket raise money. Yeah, virtual fundraiser, sign of the times, no doubt. is it not? All right, Jeff Zeleny, thank you so much. And I want sure. to bring the panel back now. Um, Abby, first to you, you know, we were just talking about sign of the times. We're, we're looking at this empty gymnasium for the most part, besides some journalists and others, they're socially distanced. What do we expect to see here? I mean, look, everyone's going to be watching them. Everyone's going to be sizing them up. Are they going to be wearing masks? Are they going to hug, high five? I mean, what do we expect? How is this going to play out? Well, well we're getting some clues because uh, just a couple minutes ago, Kamala Harris's husband just tweeted out a, a few behind the scenes photos and, and everyone is wearing a mask. Kamala mm. Harris, Joe Biden, their senior advisors, they are in close proximity to each other, but they are wearing masks. And I think that you're going to see probably a lot of that because, as Jeff pointed out, they want to demonstrate that they're handling this pandemic differently from this administration. And mask wearing is a, a clear and easy way to do that. You know, it will be interesting mm -hmm. to see whether they will uh, hug or, or do anything like that. I mean, we all know Joe Biden. He is a hugger. He likes yes. to, uh, he does like to hug. And, and, and notably, Kamala Harris is as well. I covered her on the campaign trail. She was always quick to pull people into, into hugs on the campaign trail. These are two people who are known for being kind of big, um, you know, sort of, uh, outgoing uh, personalities showing their emotions in, in a lot of ways uh, in public. It will be interesting to see how that shows up at this event. I do mm -hmm. think, though, that, you know, from everything that I've heard um, over the last several months, they have been in communication pretty regularly over this period of time. They, they do talk. And even though they haven't been seeing each other physically, they've been keeping that relationship up. And I do think you're going to see some genuine warmth mm -hmm. between the two of them when they come out out here today. And uh, we hope to see them very soon, Dana. But that really, you know, is the question. Can they still gin up that excitement, that momentum that these rollouts are supposed to uh, generate? But mm -hmm. at the same time, it is still a striking visual. Kamala Harris is the first black vice presidential nominee and the first South Asian vice mm -hmm. presidential nominee. This is, is history in the making. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's no question about it. And as we talked about, they are already using social media to continue to gin things up. I mean, just as Abby was talking about uh, Senator Harris's husband tweeting out behind the scenes pictures, I was looking at them. Uh, you can be sure that some of those are going to go viral and uh, He's a tweeter, uh, so this isn't new, but it's certainly going to uh, be a big benefit to this campaign as they try to keep uh, sort of the energy going. Mm -hmm. And it, we just it, saw those pictures, Dana. You yeah, probably saw it too. Yes, exactly. I was just <laughs> noticing that. To explain to our viewers, but yeah. Exactly. But the mm -hmm. other thing I, I just want to say is that as important as it is to have excitement for a ticket in any year, in any uh, scenario, the, the Biden campaign still is on a track right now to, they hope, keep this a referendum on the president mm -hmm. and keep this a referendum on the president's leadership or, they argue, lack of leadership in so many ways, but most importantly right now during this pandemic. And so, you know, yeah. they definitely want people to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, 
but they also want to keep everybody, you know, kind of zeroed in on the notion that Donald Trump should get fired. And mm -hmm. they just want to make sure that these two are acceptable to be replacements for Joe, mm -hmm. for Donald Trump. It may be an obvious notion, but it's 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 really different uh, than we've seen in so many times in the past when you have uh, an incumbent president. And we can see really quick, Dana, if, if I can break through, we're seeing they're placing the remarks there on the on the lectern. So we're expecting them any minute now. And I want to put the the picture back up from uh, Doug Imhoff, who is Kamala Harris's husband, tweeted this backstage of Joe Biden wearing a mask. So as Abby pointed out earlier, um, that's, little, that's a window. There you go. You see Senator Harris wearing her mask. So that is a window of um, what we might see shortly when they walk out uh, on stage. And uh, Doug Imhoff, the spouse of Kamala Harris, and Jill Biden, of course, the spouse of uh, Joe Biden, will be with them as well. We don't know how it's going to play out, where everyone will be. But of course, we're going to be watching all of this closely, sizing everything up looking at body language. And um, as Abby pointed out, look, there is going to be some warmth between the two as well because they have a relationship, David Oxerod, that goes way back. Oh, there's no question about that. They were friends before they were opponents. And uh, they have this tie because of Bo Biden and his relationship uh, to Kamala Harris. I will say, uh, in terms of what is lost because of the period in which we're in, Kamala Harris is an exuberant campaigner. She's a charismatic campaigner. She's a warm uh, campaigner. And I'm sure if they had their druthers, the Biden campaign would like to take full advantage of that uh, mm -hmm. out on the stump. That's not going to happen. She's also a good social media uh, candidate. She's kind of hip. She's cool. Uh, and uh, that, that will benefit them as well. But um, that is one thing that I was thinking is, is sort of a shame because I was there when Joe Biden bounded out on the stage in Springfield in 2008, and there was such energy there. There would be here as well mm -hmm. uh, if, they were, if they were in a position to have such a crowd. They can't, and they're going to have to do the best they can with what they can do. They're going to have to get creative. I mean, that's the bottom line to try to show that chemistry. And here we are seeing them for the first time making their first appearance on the Democratic ticket, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Let's listen in. Hush now, child. And don't cry. Hello, hello. Thanks for being here. I wish we were able to talk to the folks outside, but we're keeping our social distancing and playing by the rules. Good afternoon, everyone. To me and to uh, Kamala, this is an exciting day. It's a great day for our campaign. And it's a great day for America, in my view. Over the past several weeks, I've had the incredible privilege of meeting and spending a good deal of time with a group of talented women leaders, all of whom are qualified to be president. With each one, the more I learned about them, the more I talked to them, the more impressed I was, even though I knew them before. I want to thank each and every one of them for being part of this process. And I look forward to working with them as we rebuild this country to get elected and once we are elected, God willing. I approach this with a seriousness of purpose and of mind because this is a serious moment for our nation. We're at one of those inflection points. You've heard me say that before in our history. A life-changing election for this nation. And the choice, the choice we make this November is going to decide the future of America 
for a very, very long time. And I had a great choice, great opportunities. I had a great choice, but I have no doubt that I picked the right person to join me as the next Vice President of the United States of America, and that's Senator Kamala Harris. You know, and it seems Americans all across this nation, at least at the outset here, agree with me. Yesterday, we had our best grassroots fundraising day of the campaign, more than double our previous record. And in doing so, we set a single-day record for online political fundraising. And I think I know why. So I hope, I hope that you'll join us as well, those of you who listen today. Go to JoeBiden.com today. $5, $10, whatever. Kamala, as you all know, is smart. She's tough. She's experienced. She's a proven fighter for the backbone of this country, the middle class, for all those who are struggling to get into the middle class. Kamala knows how to govern. She knows how to make the hard calls. She's ready to do this job on day one. And we're both ready to get to work rebuilding this nation and building it better. As Attorney General of the largest state in the country, Kamala took on the big banks over mortgage fraud and won. Took on big oil when it wanted to pollute without consequences. She was a pioneer in marriage equality and tackled the gun lobby. You know, we've all watched in the United States Senate go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trump officials, trying to hide the truth, asking the tough questions needed to be asked, and not stopping until she got an answer. And when none was forthcoming, it was obvious what the answer was. As a member of the Intelligence Committee and the Judiciary Committee, she's been the center in the middle of the most critical national security challenges our country faces. Well aware, well aware of all the threats to this nation and ready to respond to them. And as a child of immigrants, she knows personally how immigrant families enrich our country, as well as the challenges of what it means to grow up Black and Indian American in the United States of America. Her story is America's story, different from mine in many particulars, but also not so different in the essentials. She's worked hard. She's never backed down from a challenge. And she has earned each and every of the accolades and achievements that she has gained, many of them, often in the face of obstacles that others put in her way, but never quit. And this morning, all across the nation, little girls woke up, especially little black and brown girls, who so often feel overlooked and undervalued in their communities. But today, today, just maybe, they're seeing themselves for the first time in a new way as the stuff of president and vice presidents. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. 
Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.